Hi, everybody. Cheryl Ackeson here. Welcome to another edition of the Cheryl Ackeson podcast on justthenews.com. I hope you'll check out all the Just the News podcasts. You can go to justthenews.com and see the list of them on the homepage. Today, you don't have to rely on reporters reporting what they've heard is going on at the southern border. I was just there on a no-spin trip that got at the facts. For whatever reason, and this has been the case for a long time, much of the reporting about our southern border and illegal immigration tends to focus on the well-intentioned and hardworking people coming to the U.S. for a better way of life. There's less focus, it seems, on the flip side, which is also important, the criminals who come here and commit horrendous crimes. You might say to yourself, well, that's not many, but I'll give you some hard stats in a moment that may shock you. Stats, by the way, that were gathered under the Obama administration, so they cannot reasonably be dismissed as Republican or partisan spin. I go to the border at least once a year, sometimes twice, with no agenda to see what's going on because, like a lot of other news topics, I don't believe at face value what I see reported. Too often it turns out not to be accurate. As is often with stories, when I get there and talk to people, what I find is different than what I've heard or what has been reported. And when I'm setting up these stories, these trips, I and my producers often get asked by whoever's helping us or whoever we may want to interview, they'll say, what's your angle? Or are you for the wall or against the wall? Or what are you trying to show? And they're usually pretty surprised, may not always believe it, and I don't blame them when we tell them we just want to hear what they have to say, what they know, what they've heard. We've talked to residents who live along the border, local law enforcement, federal officials, It doesn't matter who agrees with them or not. We tell them we just want to hear what they have to say and what they've experienced. You learn a lot that way. On March 7th and March 14th coming up, the two cover stories on my television show Full Measure will have the results of my latest trip to the border, my investigation into the Biden administration's sudden work stoppage of the border wall, the repercussions of that, and also what, by all accounts, is not just an impending crisis, but a crisis that's already arrived. But first, I promised some hard data that shows why it's important to look at the criminal element and the cost. You know, I once studied some data that came from the Government Accountability Office collected from 2011 to 2016, so under the Obama administration. And this report found that more than 700,000 illegal aliens were imprisoned in the U.S., charged with 7.5 million offenses. Let me repeat that. 700,000 illegal aliens were imprisoned in the U.S., and we're talking about charges not involving the fact that they came here illegally, but other crimes committed on U.S. soil, and were charged with 7.5 million offenses. What kinds of offenses? Well, among them, drug crimes, one million of them, Assaults, 500,000. Sex offenses, 133,800. Kidnappings, 24,200. Homicide-related offenses, 33,300. And terrorism-related crimes, 1,500. So it's not insignificant. And you remember the flack given to President Trump 
when he said that some of these countries, Central America and Mexico, are not sending their nicest people. Some of them are rapists. Some of them are killers. Well, that is factually proven to be true. It's not a matter up for debate, but he got heavily criticized for that. And in fact, I took a look at these numbers from the General Accountability Office, GAO, again under the Obama administration, and looked at how many people, among the ones we know are what they call criminal aliens, how many of them are in U.S. prisons? What percentage of our prison population at the federal level is filled with illegal immigrants who have come here and committed other crimes? And you might be surprised to hear one in five of federal prison inmates here in the United States is an illegal immigrant. One in five. How did I arrive at that number? Well, the U.S. population at the time I did the analysis was about 328 million, and it's estimated that about 11 million, or one in 30 in our population, are illegal immigrants. But criminal aliens using these numbers account for more than one in five federal prison inmates. So even assuming a pretty radical margin of error for the sake of argument, it would still mean illegal immigrants are drastically overrepresented among the criminal population. So when people say the number of illegal immigrants here who commit crimes is disproportionately low, it's factually incorrect, at least according to the GAO, looking at the hard facts, the prison population. The actual picture may be even worse than what we know, since the government says it really has no way to be notified of all imprisoned illegal immigrants, so it counts a subset of them that it learns about through identifiers such as an FBI number. I wrote up a story about these statistics a couple of years ago because I thought they were so interesting and underreported, and I pointed out that Maybe one reason why they didn't get a lot of traction is that the summary of this GAO report, written by the leader of GAO's Homeland Security and Justice team at the time, the summary seemed oddly written to try to put a positive spin on the bad findings. Instead of talking about the numbers that I just told you, it highlighted this figure. Now think about this. It highlighted that from 2011 through 2016, the criminal alien proportion of the total estimated federal inmate population generally decreased from about 25% to 21%. So they were one in four of the federal inmate population, at least, and went down to a little more than one in five. And they made it sound kind of good, but it was only when you dig into the actual report and footnotes that you find it's pretty hard to sugarcoat these findings. 91% of the federal criminal aliens were citizens of Mexico, Honduras, El Salvador, Dominican Republic, Colombia, or Guatemala. There were more than 730,000 criminal aliens in U.S. state prisons and local jails during the period measured. So I told you about the federal inmates this is state and local, 730,000 more. They accounted for 4.9 million arrests for 7.5 million offenses. And this costs a ton of money. That's also something that's not discussed a lot. In terms of cost, federal taxpayers shelled out more than $15 billion during that five-year period studied, or $2.5 billion a year, 
to keep criminal aliens behind bars in federal, state, and local facilities. By the way, many are repeat offenders, according to these numbers by the GAO. Of about 146,500 criminal aliens who finished a federal prison term, about one in six had already been imprisoned again at least once, so that's about 24,800. So besides all of this criminal impact and the cost to taxpayers, the other thing I hear about when I visit the border every time is the humanitarian toll. Over and over again, I'm told by law enforcement and advocates who actually work at the border that maybe people mean well when they say we should let illegal immigrants in through the southern border. But they insist that opening the floodgate serves to prop up the worst elements among cartel, drug, and human traffickers. The thugs work in tandem on both kinds of illicit trades, drugs and human trafficking, because they exploit similar tactics and routes. And when we open our doors and the word gets out, it just means we've helped put those bad guys in business and make tons and tons of money and expose these poor people who do come for a better way of life, exposing them to all kinds of dangers and costs and risks and incentivizing them to send their children, sell their children, allow their children to be trafficked. Horrendous things happen, a lot of which is never reported widely. Republican Senator Lindsey Graham talks about that and a lot more after a short break. We're back, and here's my interview with Republican Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina. We're talking about what many are already calling a crisis on the border. How would you characterize what you see coming on the border now? A show. Uh, it's going to be really bad. Um, illegal immigration's a business. It's a dirty, nasty business, like drug dealing. You prey on the hopes and dreams of some desperate people. The coyotes and the uh, human traffickers entice people to pay them money to get them to the United States with the hope that they can stay. So that's one aspect of it. The other aspect of illegal immigration is that drug dealers and people who sell counterfeit goods into the country will take a group of illegal immigrants and have them surge the border, creating a resource problem so they can get their drugs and their counterfeit goods through the border somewhere else. It's a multi-billion dollar business. The incentives um, that Biden is creating is gonna reopen this business big time. It's gonna be worse than it's ever been before because word is out. I just got back from the border, you just got back from the border. I've been told by people who've been doing this for decades that they're expecting in 2021 more illegal immigrants coming to the southern border than, uh, than 18, 19, and 20 combined. What is the cost of illegal immigration? Let's take the viewpoint of some advocates who say there are a lot of deserving people who need help and they right. should be able to come here and have a chance. It costs money, however, to process them, to house mm -hmm. and keep them in the meantime. If there are children, they go into health and human services system. Do we know what all of this is going to cost? Okay, so the bottom line, the cost of illegal immigration uh, is a net negative for the country. Number one, the people who are coming down here are exploited. The human traffickers are scum. The young girls are raped in mass, and we need to end this. We need to come up with a legal system where you can work in the United States, 
filling jobs that we can't fill here at home. The number one goal is to make sure every American citizen has a job. But if you can't find enough workers in this country, then we need to bring people into the country in a win-win situation where they can work here, pay taxes, and go back home. So I think immigration is the lifeblood of any economy. We're all immigrants. But the problem we have is that legal immigrants come here, they get paid under the table in cash, they don't report the income to the government, uh, it does suppress wages to some extent, and they're exploited. So legal immigration is a godsend to the country. Illegal immigration is a black market, black market problem that we need to fix. One of the first things the Biden administration has taken steps to do is to reverse the Trump administration's Remain in Mexico program, which allowed border agents to turn around immediately without processing people who cross the border immediately and send them to Mexico. Mm-hmm. That's changing. Do you know where we are and what the impact is going yeah, to be? Yeah, it's a disaster in the making. So I've been following this for a long time. You're talking to one of the Gang of Eight guys. I'm called Lindsey Gramnesty in some parts of talk radio. I have no problem with trying to give the 11 million who are non-felons, who've been here for a long time, keeping their nose clean, a chance to stay here on our terms. You've got to learn the English language. You have to pass an English proficiency exam to stay here. You have to pay a fine for the law you broke. You have to have a job. You've got to be able to take care of yourself and your family. And you have to get in the back of the line and wait your turn. There are 11 million at least illegal immigrants in the country, and um, they're not all on welfare. Most of them are working. Now, the goal is to make sure you take care of them without incentivizing 11 million more. Here's the problem. If you don't secure your border, if you don't have a wall so people just can't walk into your country, you'll never fix this problem. If you give 11 million people legal status and you don't fix the underlying problem of illegal immigration, you'll do what Ronald Reagan did. He gave 3 million people legal status in the 1980s, and now we have 11 million. So what am I willing to do? I'm telling Democrats, you can't get there without me, and I can't get there without you. Here's what Biden's done. Trump was right about the asylum abuse. Under the old system, if you got one foot in the United States and you claim asylum, we have to process your claim, we release you into the United States, your hearing is four years in the future, there's a million and a half people waiting to have their asylum case heard, nobody shows up. 90% of the people who are processed and released in the United States never show up for the hearing four years later. So what did Trump do? He said, okay, Mexico, if you don't help me, I'm gonna put tariff on all your goods. If you don't help me fix this illegal immigration problem, we're gonna have a real problem with you and your economy. Uh, Trump scared the hell out of the Mexicans. When he went after China, it made Mexico believe, I've got to deal with Trump. They all come through Mexico. So what did Trump do? He said, he said the following, Mexico, if you will hold these people in your country until the court date comes, I will help you pay for that. Guess what? The Remain in Mexico uh, policy shut down asylum seekers. It went from being full to almost empty. Why? Nobody's going to pay $20,000 from Guatemala to wait in Mexico for four years. When the word got out that you can't stay in the United States, that they're going to send you back to Mexico, you're not released in the United States, the whole program dried up. Now, word is out that the Remain in Mexico policy is being changed. 
So the smugglers and the human traffickers are advertising in Guatemala and El Salvador and Honduras and other places that the uh, old system is back. Guess what? They're taking the people that were staying in Mexico, they're bringing, bringing them back into the United States, they're gonna release them like they used to do, and you're gonna turn, in, turn on the faucet. Unaccompanied minors. The Trump administration took every unaccompanied minor and sent them back to their home country. Now Biden's keeping them here. So you're seeing an uptick in unaccompanied minors. They come in and turn themselves in. The asylum seeker tries to find the first border patrol agent they can find and say, here I am. The wall helps you with illegal immigration. Most of these people are trying to get caught. And what Biden is doing by changing the Remain in Mexico policy, getting out of the agreements that Trump had with the Triangle Nation, He's sending a message to everybody in Central America, America's open for business and we're gonna be overrun. The situation you described with illegal immigration and Democrats and Republicans differing on what should be done, that's kind of been the status quo for as long as I can remember here. Will anything change? Is there any chance there is some compromise that yeah, gets passed? I mean, we, we passed three major bills, Bush, Obama, uh, and Trump had a plan for 1.9 million people to be legalized. We've had comprehensive immigration reform passed the Senate three times. What does it look like? You gotta have a secure border. 40% of the people here illegally came on a visa and they overstayed. Their visa ran out, they didn't leave. You gotta fix that. You gotta upgrade your port of entry so people can come into the country more efficiently. You gotta have an e-verify system. Employers are hiring illegal immigrants because they can't find workers here or they work cheaper. So E-Verifier would require every employer to prove that their workforce is legal. If you hire illegals in the future and you fail the E-Verify test, you can go to jail. Without that, it won't work. You need walls where walls make sense. You need a system to punish employers who hire illegal immigrants. You need to have a rational approach to the 11 million. Felons are not welcome. People who've been here keeping their nose clean, pay a fine, wait in the back of the line, will deal with them. That's called comprehensive immigration reform. The DACA kids, they came here as young children, brought by the parents, they don't have any other country to go back to. I'm willing to deal with them rationally, but I'm not going to legalize a bunch of people until you fix the broken system. The broken system is we don't have enough legal immigration. There's some employers in meatpacking and uh, landscaping and other jobs where you really can't find Americans. And you can advertise all day long in South Carolina for meatpacking jobs. You just can't find people to do it. So most of them are illegal immigrants and we gotta deal with that issue. Border communities in some places are being told by Border Patrol yeah. to expect that they are gonna have releases in their communities yeah. and they don't want them, not because they're against deserving immigrants coming to America, but they say they don't have the resources, the soup kitchens and the tents and the finances to handle it. This is the single biggest issue in the 2022 election. In 2022, immigration will be as important to the voter as it was in 2016. So whether you like Trump or not, he brought order to chaos at the border. The remain in Mexico uh, uh, policy worked. People not gonna pay thousands of dollars to wait in Mexico. He started to deport criminal aliens. That changed the game dramatically. Okay, the border patrol was overrun they were housing these people the best they could, and AOC and all of her liberal friends called them Nazi concentration camp guards. 
It was the single biggest smear by a politician I can remember in decades. The Border Patrol agents that you saw and the customs people literally were taking money from their own pockets to help these kids and families that were in a desperate situation. They were doing the best they could, but they were being overrun. So the Border Patrol has told me we'll never do that again. They're not going to be responsible for handling a million people coming to America illegally, so what are they going to do? They're going to dump them out into the community associated with where they were, were caught. So these border communities are going to be overwhelmed. It's not that they're racist. It's not that they're cold-hearted. They just don't have the capability to deal with thousands of people dumped from the Border Patrol on Main Street. And Biden has created a problem. He is sending a signal by doing away the remaining Mexico that the old policy is going to be re-implemented. We're going to be overrun with asylum seekers. The drug cartels are going to take advantage of people coming back in mass because when the caravans hit, all these Border Patrol agents and custom inspectors have to stop what they're doing and process these cases. That allows the border to be penetrated. They're stopped building walls. So I think the the friction politically is going to be with these communities that bear the brunt of an irrational policy. If someone comes to this country, touches down illegally and yes. claims asylum and gets to stay and is released then in border communities, I've been told by some border officials they feel their job is being reduced to being an escort that takes illegal immigrants, puts them into America, and they have to do social work. Okay, so this is the brilliance of what Trump did. He convinced Mexico. I'm going to send these people who are asking for asylum in the United States to Mexico. They're going to stay there until their court date. Guess what? People don't want to stay in Mexico. They didn't pay all this money to remain in Mexico. He had an agreement with the host country. We're going to help Guatemala and El Salvador and other countries improve their economies, but you've got to help us with these caravans. So we had agreements where people could apply for asylum in their home country, not come to our border. It took the pressure off the border in terms of asylum claims. Now, what has happened? They've abandoned the agreements with the Triangle countries. They're beginning to change remaining in Mexico. The word is out. If you get one foot into the United States and you claim asylum, you'll be released in the United States, and chances of people showing up are at least no more than one in ten. What does this mean to the Border Patrol and the Customs agents? Once they capture these people, they have to house them for days. They have to process them. So it takes a lot of labor. So if you're a customs inspector and you're at a point of entry, instead of looking for drugs and cars and counterfeit goods coming to um, trucks, instead of inspecting um, produce for disease, you're going to be spending most of your time processing asylum claims. And they don't have the capability. So the biggest fear is that when we turn on the asylum claims back to the way it used to be, when they start playing the asylum game all over again, it's going to take their resources and stretch them thin. They will not be able to effectively process people coming into the country. We want travel and trade, don't we? We want people to come into the country. We just want to do it legally and safely. It's a nightmare for the Border Patrol and the Customs agents because they're going to spend all their time processing asylum claims. The border's already being flooded, for example, in parts of Texas and some areas. Drug trafficking is already up. But do you know the timing of any of this? Because these, something called Title 42, which allowed people- 52. 
Is no, it's 42, okay. you're right. Title 42. Which allowed people to be turned around because of coronavirus without processing. The White House told us that's still in play, but border officials we spoke to told us it ended a couple of days ago. So there's confusion about timing of all, all this. Do you the, know? There's three, yeah. It's, it's a perfect storm forming for the summer. So if you get nothing outside of this interview, by the summer it's going to be a mess. Three things are happening at the same time that are going to be a disaster for controlling the border. Number one, we withdrawn from agreements with the triangle countries. Triangle uh, countries are Honduras, uh, Guatemala. Honduras, yeah, right. The three countries. El Salvador. Were, yeah, where the caravans come from. The caravan countries. We had an agreement with them that you could apply for asylum in your home country. That way we didn't have the problem of dealing with you when you got to the border. We've gotten rid of that agreement. We had a remaining Mexico policy where Mexico would hold these people until their court date, which shut down the flow. We've withdrawn from the triangle agreements. We're going to change the remaining Mexico pro uh, policy. Under Title 42, we have the ability, because of the coronavirus, to send people back because we're worried about the spread of the virus. Right now, they have the authority, if they want to use it, to turn every asylum seeker away, every unaccompanied minor, send them back to their home country. They're choosing not to do that. But there'll come a day when Title 42 uh, is changed. And I welcome that in this regard. We have millions of people come across the border every day legally. You've seen the cars, right? That's commerce and travel. We want trade to flow between us and Mexico. We want people to come in our country and spend money on these border towns. Right now, you basically banned everybody coming into the country uh, from Mexico. These border towns' economies are dying. So we want to go back to normal in terms of trade and travel. What we don't want to do is go back to normal when it comes to illegal immigration. So when the COVID virus becomes less severe and the Title 42 restrictions on travel in the United States are lifted, they're going to do that and do away with the remaining Mexico at the same time. It's a perfect storm for just a million people rushing the border. That was Senator Lindsey Graham, Republican of South Carolina. By the way, the Biden administration says there is no crisis at the border, that they have issued a lot of resources to handle what's going on, and that they are simply fixing the problems created under the Trump administration. You can watch my two cover stories and see what I found along the border. They will air on March 7th and March 14th on Full Measure. If you don't know where to watch or you miss it on TV, you can always go to Full Measure dot news that's fullmeasure.news or the app stir s-t-i-r-r and watch on demand i hope you enjoyed today's podcast check out justthenews.com don't forget to subscribe to the cheryl Atkinson podcast leave a great review share it with your friends and check out my other podcast full measure after hours and take a look at all of the just the news podcasts when you have a chance wherever you like to listen do your own research make up your own mind think for yourself 